Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Now, please welcome, all the way from the front living room, your hosts, Shelley and Bella. Hey guys and welcome to another Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Hi everybody. So, we are going to do today a few stories about kind of ghosts and the way maybe we see them or perceive them maybe they are trying to show themselves to certain people in certain ways or maybe it's down to us or maybe everybody's just crazy yeah maybe we're all smoking the wrong stuff or the right stuff (laughs) so i'm gonna kick off today with a story which we found on reddit actually Now, we actually got in touch with this person because we just wanted to make sure that it was okay that we read this story out. And they replied back very kindly and said yes, that we could uh, read it out for them. And it's from DibUK69. People always use the number 69, don't they? Maybe he was born in 1969. That's probably what it was. Could be. Yeah, okay. We'll go with that. So he says, I was a vehicle mechanic in the Army Reserves when I was younger. On one overnight drill, we drove a convoy of trucks from Baltimore. That's where you're from. Yes, it is. It's your hometown. And that's why this sort of caught my eye. Oh, right, okay. So if it was from anywhere else, you'd have been asked for it. Well, I did scroll through loads of other things before <laughs> I found it. this is it. the one that caught your eye. Yes. Okay. So he says, on one overnight drill, we drove a convoy of trucks from Baltimore to Fort A.P. Hill in Virginia. What's that? What's what? A.P. Hill. Fort A.P. Hill is a training center from what I could do, a training and exercise center from what I found out. Right, okay. Okay, just testing testing my research now. No, I'm trying to fill everybody in okay. so they know what's happening. <laughs> so he's driving on the old state highways. Anyway, we're gonna get we're gonna get through this story in a minute, I promise. Things started out pretty normally, but as we were driving the convoy, gradually it started slowing down and after a while the whole line of trucks had slowed to a crawl. We pulled off the road and the guy in the lead truck tells us his five ton won't accelerate at all. We switched the trucks and sure enough it won't go above five miles an hour. I dropped the truck out of the convoy and my motor sergeant stayed with me in a pickup truck. About half an hour later, we happen across an old gas station and decide that we're not going anywhere fast, so we'll park the truck up there. I was to remain with the truck until they could come back later and transfer everything to another one. Of course he was left there, all alone. <laughs> and that's when, all, that's when all the best ghost stories and stuff yes, happen. Yes, yes, it's like the perfect setup, isn't it? Yeah. So off drives my motor sergeant, and I'm out in the middle of southern bumfuck Maryland with no one Yay, I love bumfuck Maryland. <laughs> hey, you can't go telling people that. Yes, but if, but if you can find it, that's the problem. Well, it's going to be in the rear, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it starts getting dark, and I see the lights are on, and the restaurant is open at the gas station, and I'm hungry as hell, so I go in. I sit down in a booth by the window where I can keep an eye on the truck, and a lady comes and asks me what I want to eat. I ask if I can have a menu and she says she doesn't have one, but they have fried chicken and mashed potatoes and that sounded pretty good to me, so I go on and order it. I was starving hungry and it was the best damn fried chicken I've ever eaten. See, so it worked out in the end. Better than KFC, I guess, huh? I finish, get the bill, leave my money on the table and walked back out to the truck. I stayed awake for a while, but eventually I laid down across the seat and slept for a few hours. Now about two or three o'clock in the morning, another truck shows up with a bunch of guys and we start transferring gear to the other five ton. One of the guys says, you must be starving. I say, no, I ate at the restaurant. Well, this guy gives me the strangest look and says, you didn't eat at that restaurant, look at it. Well, it's the middle of the night and I can't see the building that well and I just told him he was crazy and we leave. I slept a couple of hours and then we had to go back in the morning to deal with this broke down truck 
and that's when I had a what-the-fuck moment. <laughs> All the windows to this station are boarded up, and the place looks like it had been abandoned for 20 years. At this point, I'm seriously weirded out. So I go over and I peek through the glass on the door, which was uncovered. My fucking money was still sitting on the table. I couldn't oh get away from God. the place fast enough. <laughs> How weird is that? So who served him? And when his mate turned up, two or three o'clock in the morning, yeah, and he said, are you hungry? He said, no. So something went into his stomach, or at least he he that much believed that he'd actually eaten something. He didn't even feel, feel hungry anymore. He was starving before, and he said himself. Mm-hmm. So what the heck did he eat? <laughs> what did he eat? Or was it a psychosomatic thing that made him feel that he'd eaten? Yeah, but still he had to go through the motions, didn't he? I mean, to him, he sat there and ate this whole meal. Fried chicken and mashed what was potatoes. it? Mashed potatoes. But he so- said it's the best fried chicken and mashed potatoes he's ever had. So, maybe, if your brain is kind of... And I'm not saying for one minute that he imagined it. That's not what I'm saying. But if there's something at play that is convincing you... And it happens either internally or externally, I don't know. But it had to have fooled your senses in some way to believe that it tasted the best that he'd ever tasted. And it filled it. That's what gets me. It filled him up. Yeah. So he must have had something of substance. I read further the thread. And he actually does have people that ask him questions like, Mm-hmm. Where exactly was it? Can you find it on Google Maps mm-hmm. or whatever? And he actually does reply and it goes through and he actually does find the place on Google Maps where he thinks that this actually does happened. Does he let everyone else know where this place is so you can yeah. go and look at it yourself? Well, I yeah, I think so. And I know and I do know that further down in the thread there were there was someone who said, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna go check this out because I'm from Maryland and Why? I've heard was, of it. I've heard of a similar story to that, which I mentioned to you when you told me about this, which was, and I can't remember the story exactly, so you'll have to bear with me because I'm going to be paraphrasing a lot here, but it was a family of, I believe, three. It was like a husband, a wife, and and a teenage child or something. They'd gone to a concert, and on the way back from the concert, it was really late at night. They were hungry. They hadn't eaten at the concert, and they came into a a cafe, one of these sort of like motel-type, you know, Mm. truck stop-type cafes, And they stopped there. They had something to eat, but they noticed that everyone was wearing, like, really old-fashioned garb. Yeah. And they left. And they said, again, they had the best meal ever. Everyone was really polite. Everything was really nice. The drink was lovely. I think they did, like, an old-fashioned sarsaparilla-type thing, you know. Of course they did. And (laughs) Well, no, and then they were commenting on how cheap it was and that they were really impressed with this place and that they were going to come back. There was a guy in there playing the piano. I remember that. There was a guy in there playing the piano. And they just said the atmosphere was brilliant. They left. And I think they'd mentioned it to someone a couple of days later because they were so impressed with this place. And again, it turns out that the place had been derelict for like the last 20 years. I mean, not just last year, but 20 years since, you know, and was just laying ruined on the side of the road. It's very Stephen King-ish in The Shining, which actually there is a real, that hotel that he uses in that novel is called um, The Overlook, I think. But it is, there is a real hotel that is supposedly haunted or or whatever. It was, you know, Stephen King did um, loosely, I think, base it around that particular hotel which was awesome for them i suppose cause yeah yeah tell me about it i do think it is still operating well we follow on our twitter a load of people that are ghost hunters mm. and 
they are constantly going out to these hotels and stuff because I keep seeing it on our Twitter feed and I retweet a load of them if they're really interesting. So, um, yeah, cool. Dib UK 69 we're not on, on here to sort of offer any answers or solutions. We're just going to ponder it like hopefully you guys will. But that is a really fantastic story and definitely one that I would never forget if that had happened to me. And do you know what I think is awesome? I would love to go there because... I could go there, eat the best fried chicken and mashed potatoes, and I wouldn't gain any weight. It's yeah, like the yeah. perfect diet. And you can come back the next morning and get your money back. Yeah. I mean, that's just a win-win, isn't well, it? Yeah, that's that's a fact, a point. Because what about the other, what was that one, the Stephen King book we read? Um, well, which one are you talking about? What's the, what happens? Where he goes back in time. Oh, 11-22-63. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird in that way, isn't it? That that it's like the guy goes back and he sees all this, yeah. you know, and it's all happening in the... I would like to think that had I gone back there the following day and my money was still on the counter, I know that maybe this says a lot about me and, and how much of a skinflint I am, but I'd like to think that I'd have tried to get back in there, not only to get my money back, but also because I wonder whether those spirits would welcome you in there again and whether when you walked over that threshold, whether it would suddenly become this sprawling, vibrant cafe again. I wonder if he left a tip. Yeah, that's a point. He well, had to have. It just goes to show, doesn't it, that ghosts have no need for money. Hmm. I don't know, it's pretty weird. But anyway, thank you so much for uh, giving me the permission to use your story and i'd like to find out if he ever did go back i ha- i didn't ask him so i might actually send him another message to see if he ever did go back there yeah, or you know just to see what you know how it ended or if maybe he was just like no forget it i'm not doing that again <laughs> yeah and also dibuk69 i don't even know what i'm saying it could be dibuk69 that's all what i, know, I would or, think it is or dibuk69 but however you want Mom. that to be read if you do get back in touch with us or if indeed Bella gets in touch with you via email again, give us your actual name. We don't want your whole name or anything. We don't have to worry about that. But give us your name just so that we're referring to, to you in the correct sort of in the why correct way. Because I feel a bit so, disrespectful. Why don't you spell it? So um, D I B B U K six nine. Okay. He then. actually posted it eleven months ago. Um, I know this I particular know. story. But if you guys want to know any more about this, or you want to read the entire thread, as Bella said, there's a lot more on there then do check our show notes because the link will be on there for you so that you can have a good read of the whole thing. And maybe if you've got any ideas or any suggestions or any any feelings on what it might be, then do us a favour and email in to us, weirdwackywonderfuloutlook.com, and then maybe we can we can then read out your response to this and see if we can get any further with maybe... Maybe you had an experience in the same area. or Maybe they went there. I mean, yeah, who knows? Exactly. It could be someone else that actually had that same sort of yeah. experience. In that, in or that if area. you look at that if you look at that thread and you know the place and maybe you know the history of the place and when it closed down or anything else, give us a shout. We have got a lot of listeners in Maryland, mm, so yeah. that, would be, uh, that would be really useful. But thanks again. Awesome story. What have you got? Well, I found another story because, you know, now I'm addicted to reddit <laughs> and this is by someone called pete one at two three so that is p-e-t-e-o-n-e and then numerical 23 okay right he says back in my late teens my cousin and i were staying at my house while our parents went out of town first off we were both completely sober 
he was in the living room watching TV, and I was in my parents' bedroom watching TV. We can't see each other from either room and are only connected by a hallway that also is the only way to get to the bathroom and two other bedrooms. All of a sudden, I quickly sat up because a two to three foot wide ball of light floated from one bedroom through the hallway and into the other bedroom. Space hopper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that it floated at least three to four feet above the floor and it was dark black in the middle, but surrounded by light. Right after I watched this ball of light slowly float into the room, my cousin ran to the hallway and poked his head around the corner so that I could see a scared face. Before I could say anything, he asked me, did you see that? And I asked him what he saw. He said he watched an old man slowly walk from one bedroom through the hallway and into the other bedroom. Right after he said this, we turned on the light of the bedroom and looked around. There was nothing in there. Afterward, he told me that he didn't even remember seeing legs to the old man that he saw. My question. We both saw something travel from one room through the hallway and into the same bedroom. But how did each of us see different things? Old man versus a ball of light. Yes, we were in different rooms without being able to see each other. But both of us agreed about the path that this thing took in the house. Also, both of us saw it at the same time. I should note that I went from my sister's bedroom to my bedroom. When I was younger, I would experience small things like the doorbell going off at odd times. None of it was truly supernatural and could be explained as malfunction or something. One of these small things was a knock on my bedroom wall coming from a back room, and he said that he thought that it could just be the house settling. Mm. It would always be late at night and would only knock once. Only once, when I was about 14, I knocked back, and the knock actually responded with a knock. Oh, no. It's like that E.T., isn't it? Uh, you know, where it throws the thing, yeah. then it's, you throw it in and it comes back out again? Yeah. I knocked again twice and heard another two knocks. I always thought that it was just a house creaking until that time. I remember turning on all the lights in the back room that shared the wall and calling whatever it was to show itself. I searched everywhere and nothing ever came out, which is probably a good thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, anytime, but especially when you're 14. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of interesting how, you know, two people can watch the same thing happening and it looks different. But then what about like when people record things? And you watch it, you know, like you have the ghost people who go places and try to find, you know, activity well, or like whatever. Well, like EVPs and that sort of stuff. Well, some yeah. people hear something in an EVP and unless they actually suggest to the other person what it was, all they're hearing is... Well, yeah, but I'm not talking about um, auditory stuff. I'm talking about you video or whatever this thing and then you go oh my god look, watch this and everybody looks at the thing and everybody sees the same thing. Mm-hmm. Not different. So I wonder why, you know, how it could be that you'd see two... Well, could it be something to do with frequencies? Because a lot of people say, don't they, that young children can see things more than other other kids, yeah? So when they get older and they start to get, Cynical. I suppose, these filters. Yeah, these, these filters, these natural filters that sort of come in play because people say to you, ghosts don't exist or monsters aren't real. I think that we we kind of build these filters into people and we kind of tell them that if they're seeing something, then it's not real and don't worry about it. I mean, mm. I can I can remember as a kid, I used to have terrible nightmares constantly. And we didn't live in a haunted house or anything like that, to How my knowledge. How do you know? Well, 
<laughs> yeah, like I said, to my knowledge, it wasn't a haunted house or anything. I just suffered really badly with nightmares. It was usually about spiders. So if we if we did have a haunted house, it was haunted with spiders. I can relate to the whole spider thing because I've yeah. talked previously about seeing things. Yeah, but I can remember waking up in the middle of the night screaming as a four or five-year-old child that I was really scared. Maybe I thought something was in my room. My parents would come up and immediately say... Don't be silly. There's no such thing as ghosts. There's no such thing as monsters. There's no spiders in this room. And they convinced me that everything I was seeing in my, you know, sleepy state was... Not real. Not real. So my point is, is that these things that we're seeing or these things that are being seen differently by two people, could it be that the whole nature, nurture thing that you were discussing with me about Mm. before, that maybe... They've almost been programmed to not see to not something see it, yeah. because so maybe that their doesn't mind exist. just blanks it out, or yeah. And there's, in the end, in, instead, they're seeing a ball of light because their brain can't process it. It's like aliens. They they say that if you some people when they see aliens, they don't recall aliens. They'll recall an owl or some kind of screen image that will come up instead. So again, we know. Th- the mind or the brain is capable of of creating these images that are there to protect us. Oh my god! Oh my god! I just thought of something, right? I, like I love owls, right? I wonder if I'm in love with an alien or something. <laughs> I'm gonna kick the crap out of it. <laughs> you can't kick the crap out of an owl; it'll fly away. No, I'd kick the crap out of an oh, alien. Though. Alien would, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he'd yeah. zap you with his um sort of like laser beam or something. Do you remember that from uh? That that movie, Paul. Oh yeah, yeah. What was it? What was it he said? You motherfucking titty sucking two, two ball, ball bitch. bitch. <laughs> it's like my favorite movie line yeah. ever. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do you know we're just going back to monsters and how if you if you tell your children maybe maybe that's why they don't see it maybe they block it out in some way mm-hmm. do you know what i i didn't do that when my son was little because he was scared of ghosts and monsters and stuff and i made monster spray put water into well he didn't know it was water but we put the special stuff into this bottle and we we decorated the bottle with like all this like monster, you know, with X's on it and ghosts on the bottom. Like the Ghostbusters so, sign and everything. Yeah, yeah. But so so yeah. So when he would say, "Oh, I'm scared because there's something under my bed or whatever," I'd just be like, "Oh, well, I'll go get the monster." That spray. is really cool. And uh, so we did it whenever, like the the closet, everywhere where he thought there might be ghosts or something hiding, yeah. or boogeyman or anything. This this spray was the shit. It would take yeah. care of it and he totally thought that that was true so i wonder i wonder what like you know what'd happen now if we saw a ghost didn't you it... <laughs> he'd get our uh no he'd piss on it <laughs> ew <laughs> that's what he would do <laughs> i'm gonna piss on that ghost actually don't you have a creepy thing ghost i have story i have a couple of creepy things two that would fit in this circumstance in in this conversation that we're having today and one which I'm going to save for another time because that was off the wall ridiculous, the other one. So, okay. okay. The first thing, which kind of ties into what people see, mm. and that is I had a friend of mine who his mother had a picture of Jesus right. on her wall. And it was just like a headshot, you know what I mean? Portrait. 
Yeah, portrait, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was a portrait picture of, of Jesus, and she always had it. It was just at the top of her stairs as, as you went up the stairs to... I used to go and obviously play in my mate's bedroom with him and get the action mans and all that sort of stuff. And this, this picture of Jesus would kind of watch you as you were walking up the stairs. And I mentioned something about it to her one day, and I said that it creeps me out. And she said that, actually, no, if you look at it for any length of time, it will decide whether you're a good person or not. And I said, really? And <laughs> and she said, yeah, she said it really will. And actually, the picture of Jesus, I was certainly watching me going up the stairs, but I believe his eyes were closed. It was a bronzy, bronzy sort of coppery colour, and it, and he was, he, it was almost like it, he was dead. It was a portrait of him with his eyes shut. Anyway, it was really creepy. So she said to me, would I like to try and see if it lets me know whether I'm a good person or not? So I had no expectations about what this thing was going to do. But she she got it down off the wall and sat down on the on the couch downstairs. And I had this picture in my hand. She told me just to look at it. And I looked at it, and I must have been looking at it for maybe 25, 30 seconds, and its eyes opened and looked at me. And I screamed like a girl, dropped the picture on the, on the <laughs> settee next to me, and I just ran back upstairs to obviously be back up there with my mate because it scared the piss out of me. Did, did you tell him? I told him what it was. Yeah, he was what? laughing his head off. He thought it was hysterical. So did but he... But his mother said, did its eyes open? And I said, yes, its eyes open. You know, I mean, I was I was almost in tears. I was only a young lad. She said, yeah, it, uh, it, it will only do it to some people. Now, whether it was like one of them magic eye things, do you remember that you had those magic yeah, eye things yeah, back the in the like, 90s, early yeah. 90s? Whether it was something like that, I don't know, but it didn't look anything like, it didn't have those funny sort of designs and everything over it. It was just looked like a, a like a bronzy, coppery picture in a picture frame of Jesus with his eyes closed. And picture it, in a picture. It crapped the, the shit out of me. Scared the crap out of me. <laughs> So anyway, that's the one thing, but that's on the basis of what we've been saying about seeing things that maybe are or aren't there. Suggestion. That's kind of what it's like, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Or we, subliminal. Was that what it was? They would do like subliminal No, it couldn't, and... it couldn't have been subliminal because I had no idea initially what was going to happen. So it wasn't like she told me subliminally what was going to happen. She just said, look at that picture and it will let you know whether you're a good person or not. Ah. Uh... Oh, so you, she I didn't, didn't know why. It could have grown horns she, for all she, I knew. She asked you after the fact, yeah. did its eyes open? Yeah, exactly, yeah. But how does she know? Because it's happened to her and it's happened to other people. So that means she's a good person. Well, Trying to scare the pants off of you. Off of a kid, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a story, since we're talking about eyes and stuff. When, uh, when I was younger, I had a collection of uh, porcelain dolls and, you know, all that kind of thing. And I had some that were pretty neat. Like one of them you could, it was a baby and you could turn the head of it and it would, it would have like a happy face or a crying face or whatever. And it had a little bonnet so that you only saw whichever face you turned to the front. Oh, weird. Yeah, it was, but but that one was, that was fine. But anyway, I had a, a built up quite a collection and a couple of my friends and I were, uh, goofing off and just being stupid and we we were thinking oh well we taped down letters so we could try to make a Ouija board on this little like oh. on this like play table that I had and I don't like the fact that you said dolls and no Ouija board <laughs> so anyway we, we were just you know just being stupid being kids I was probably maybe 11 10 11 something like that so anyhow we were talking to this 
asking all these questions and we were arguing amongst ourselves because it was like, oh, you're moving it. No, I'm not. You're moving it. And, you know, just being really silly. So we thought, okay, what can we do? Because one of the questions that we asked was, are you old? You know, because it's spirit or ghost. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking must be. So we said, are you old? And it said, yes. Then we were arguing about who was moving it. And so we thought, okay, well, I know. I had this one doll who's, it was like the old baby doll things where if it was sitting up, its eyes were open. If you laid it down, the eyes would be closed. I don't even know how they do that. What is it like? It's a weight, isn't it? Yeah. I can still remember what this thing looked like. She was wearing this real pretty velvety red dress and she had a little hat on, little brown curly hair and these bright blue eyes. Mm -hmm. So I went and I got it and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to lay it on the table so the eyes were closed and... We had to get through our giggles and all that and stuff. So we got all quiet again and real serious. And we were all holding hands because, you know, that's what you see on the movies, Mm -hmm. right? So light was kind of off and, you know, the big bright was off. Big bright light was off and we had a little lamp that was on. And so we're like, well, if you are old, your eyes will open. And this flipping doll flicked her eyes open. What, in the middle of the table? Yes. And we were, you have never seen three kids jump up out of their seats. Yeah, I think I, I think as an adult, I'd have been jumping up anyway. Right? And so we're jumping up and we're all like trying to push the table so we can get by and to get out. And so... Where was this? Whose house is this in? It's my house. Right. My doll collection, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. So we go full tilt trying to get... And my mother used to use furniture polish to polish the steps of this hardwood floor and we had so i don't know if you've ever tried to walk on a hardwood floor that's been polished with furniture polish (laughs) but i wouldn't recommend it so we're all trying to get to be the first one out and get down the steps and what happens we fall and we go bumping down three of us tumbling down the steps because we were wearing socks and we all just yeah, like yeah. slid all the way down and trying to tell our parents about it and they're all playing cards downstairs you know with their little penny pots and that yeah and uh, so we're trying they're like what in the hell are you going what's going on and you, what are you gonna break your neck and blah 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 and so we're trying to tell them what happened and they they just thought that we were just ridiculous that night, I'm scared, right? Everybody goes yeah. home. It's just me. That's why I asked whose house it was yeah. in, because you got to sleep there tonight. So it's just me in this in this room. and It was in your bedroom? I, yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to turn the lights off, because I don't want to see it, because I don't want to look at the doll, right? And I didn't want to move it and hide it somewhere, because I wanted to make sure if I wanted to see it, I could see it. Right? It was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I'm terrified. So then I thought, okay, I'm going to turn the light on. And that way I can make sure that she stays laying down. And and then I thought, well, but if she's laying down, it doesn't matter because I can't see her eyes. But then I thought, if I sit her up and she starts blinking or something, I'm going to be petrified, right? (laughs) So so I'm like, this goes on for quite some time. And my mother starts to get really pissed off about it and aggravated. So finally she says, all right, look, I'm taking all these dolls (laughs) and I'm getting rid of them. Don't want it that way. If you can't see her and she's not here, then then you don't have to worry about it, right? You're going like, yeah, f- fine, I'll have Lego. <laughs> right, yeah. So she, she, you know, the dolls are gone. So years go by, of course, and now I'm kind of sort of an adult, or at least uh, pretend, right? I'm 18, 19, whatever. I'm, and I 
went to a store and I was just looking around and they had a whole bunch of porcelain dolls and I started thinking, oh, this one was so pretty and it was just, and I wanted it and I thought, oh, I'm going to buy it. Its eyes were painted on. It didn't have blinky eyes. And so I go home with it and my mom said, hell no, <laughs> we are not going through this again. And do you know... And this is even though you're 18 now. Yes, I'm an this adult. Is like seven or eight years after it so happened. She, she makes me, she makes me get into my car <laughs> that I bought and I was paying for. <laughs> and and she said, you're taking it back right now. She wouldn't even let me go do it by myself. No, she had to get in the car with me with a drive to the shop so she could see me return this doll because she was like, we are not going through that again. It was just, yeah, so anyway, sorry, I monopolized the whole thing, but... No, no, well, it's it's funny you should say that, because I'm going to lead on to a story now that happened to me when I was working in security. Oh, and, gosh, okay. And this is the one I was actually going to save for another time, but now I'll save the other one for another time. I think this is the one that you told me about. Yeah. That I was thinking of yeah. earlier. Well, this is... This was freaky. So I was I was doing security work at the time, and I used to be quite heavily into martial arts way back when. And a friend of mine who I went to school with was also really heavily into martial arts. And so we, we kept in touch after we left school. Right. And I was doing a security job, a, a daytime security job. And I was asked, would I go to this shop overnight and do security in the shop overnight because... They had people in that were like renovating it. What they were doing was there was a, a just a downstairs shop, and the upstairs was all staff areas and stock rooms and everything. Mm-hmm, yeah. And what they were doing is they were putting in an escalator, and they were going to open up an area of the upstairs to the public as well. So that was going to become a second. That was going to become the men's department, if you like. Right. And at the moment, the men's and the women's shared a section downstairs. You can't have that, can you? No. No. What happened was was that I got there. At seven, eight o'clock at night. It was on a weekend. The guys that were doing the work left. I then stayed there from about seven o'clock, supposedly, till seven o'clock the next morning. Supposedly? Well, no. <laughs> I was supposed to be staying there till seven o'clock the next morning. So I'm not going to mention the name of this place, by the way, because I don't want to get into any kind of uh, legal issues, but because it still exists. But I went upstairs and I'm chilling out in this sort of it's a kitchen a small a really small kitchen it's just a sink and a, like a kettle and that's it. yeah just like a little break room and i'm sitting down there at this, this table and the, everything's locked up so everything's fine and i'm just sort of reading a book and, and reading a stuff. book yeah well there wasn't much to do back then you didn't have ipads and everything yeah, you know right. but i did have a mobile phone and it was because obviously the, the the company was supplying me with it it was like a brick you know one of these big yeah. phones and I phoned my mate who was at home at that time, and he said, I'm going into town later on. He said, I'm going to go in town and have a, have a drink. He said, only only one. He said, but then I'll come by the shop, and if I bang on a door, you're going to hear me. And I said, well, what I'll do is I'll turn. There was a camera above the doorway into the shop. Right. Um, so it looked into the shop. So if someone was stealing something, you'd see them walking out with it. Yeah. So I said, well, what I'll do is I'll look at the CCTV, but I'll put a mirror in front of the camera so I can see you at the door. So when you arrive... I'll see you at the door. So just sort of bang the doors or whatever. And if I don't hear it because I'm upstairs, I should see you on the camera. Anyway, long story short, that's what he did. He turned up and we were just sitting there having a chat and we were talking about martial arts. And funnily enough, we were interested in UFOs and everything at the time as well. So we were talking about that kind of thing. How long ago was it? This was, I'm not going to say how long ago because that's going to give you an indication (laughs) as to how old I am. But, um, or not you, because you know. I was about 
18 at the time, 19. All right. Okay. Something like that. So I wasn't. Your I mom was, didn't march you anywhere and make you return stuff. Then. No, I didn't have to take my dolls back. <laughs> so we were upstairs just chatting and we were into books as well. Raymond Chandler, sort of crime books and everything at the time. So we were talking about that kind of thing. Anyway, I say to him, because this place does really nice like men's clothes and men's suits and everything. So I yeah. said to him, I'm going to go downstairs and try some of the suits on because I'm, I'm after getting a new suit. And this is probably gone midnight now this time. And we've, we've just been drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes and just shooting a breeze the whole time. So I go downstairs and he comes down as well and he's trying on some shirts and I'm trying on a suit. Aww. Just in the middle of, just in the middle of this shop, you know, in the middle of the town centre. Oh, how cute. Like two little boys playing dress up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so we finish off trying the stuff on and I say to him, because I've just put my stuff on the hanger, and I said to him, I'm going to go upstairs and put the kettle back on. Do you want another cup before you go? And he said, yeah, yeah, great. I wonder if anybody was watching you on the kettle. Well, that's it. I was just thinking, actually, you know, that they could have looked at the CCTV the following day and seen it all. But anyway, not that we were getting naked or anything. I just want to put that out there, okay? Okay. Or not put that out there, as the case may be. So I went upstairs, and at the end of the shop, at the end of the showroom downstairs... You go through a door and then there's a wall directly in front of you. You have to turn 90 degrees left to go up these steep steps. Now, these steep steps have got the metal rims on them. You know that um, they, they tend to be in a lot of places where they're carrying boxes up and down the stairs because yeah. it protects the edge of the stairs. So they had these metal rims on, on the edges of the steps. So I, I walked to the top of the steps. All of a sudden, my mate came crashing through the door at the bottom. And I mean, the door slammed against the wall. And then he came running up the stairs. Now, before I say anything else, this guy was brilliant at martial arts, okay? Really tough guy. Always respected his his ability in the martial arts and everything. And as far as I was concerned, he was frightened of nothing, mm. okay? He came running up the stairs with this fear of God in his face, eyes petrified, and he's shouting as he's running up the stairs, bounding towards me, it's chasing me! Oh, right? I'm still at the top of the stairs looking. I can't see anything chasing him. I'm going, but, but, <laughs> as, 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 he, as he gets to the top of the stairs, he hits me, like just runs into me as if I'm not there, and we both end up on the floor at the top of the stairs. <laughs> and I'm grabbing him, and I'm saying, there's nothing there, there's nothing there. And then all of a sudden, the runners started going up the stairs. We could see them vibrating towards us. No way. I'm telling you, we both got up and we ran like girls, like you were saying about on that <laughs> on that wooden floor, right? We sprinted along the corridor upstairs, ran into the uh, the break room, which has got a little glass like a little glass little window, window yeah. right in the middle of it. We ran into this that room. We stood with our backs against the wall, uh, sorry, against the door, oh, holding no. the door shut. <laughs> okay, and we were just petrified. I didn't see anything. All I saw was the runners vibrating up the stairs, coming towards us like something out of a movie. Yeah. He says, because we're both in this room now, holding holding ourselves against the door. I said to him, "What was it? What did you see?" And he said. It was just this black thing just started coming at me. I don't remember him saying about a face or anything like that. I just remember him saying that this black thing was coming towards him. So he just got the hell out of there. And, and it was following him to the to the door. And then that's when he really started to get freaked. Did he leave you there all by yourself? No, he didn't, thank God. Because oh, if he had, have, I'd have left. Because <laughs> yeah. that wasn't all that happened. So we're, we're there, we finally start to sort of calm down, the, the bravado starts coming back out again, we're Smoke taking the cigarettes. piss out of it, yeah, we're smoking yeah. some cigarettes, we're drinking some coffee, 
he's promised me he's not going to leave, so I'm feeling better <laughs> about it all. So anyway, we sat there, and all of a sudden, uh, as I say, we start to take the piss out of it now. Oh, I wouldn't have stood a chance against us or all the rest of it, you know, that like mm-hmm. you know, young lads do. So we're both talking to each other, and he sat directly opposite me. Now the door that the door to this break room is on my right hand side, with this sort of quarter light window, if you like, mm-hmm. more or less slightly above my eye line. Okay. He is sat opposite me, and we've got a table between us. He sat opposite me, so the door is on his left. We're just looking at each other and just chatting and and being all brave and everything. And then all of a sudden, Bruce Lee on it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All of a sudden, we both see this thing come past the window. So I suddenly look right. He suddenly looks left. We both grip the chair or the table or whatever. (laughs) And above his head, there was this air conditioning vent. And all of a sudden, there was like. And the all of the dust that I guess was inside that air vent just came flying out and just filled the room and started covering us. Oh my god! So I said that the thing must have gone into the air conditioning room, which they called, funnily enough, in the store they called it a windy tunnel. All of a sudden, our bravado is gone again in a second. So I said to him, "I've got to go and see what this is. I've got to go." And I'm shaking like a leaf. So we come out of the break room. And we start going down the corridor towards where this thing was, was going. Well, we went inside this room, and it was it was quite a big room, but the area that we could stand in was quite small because it was taken up by these big ducts, these big yeah. aluminium pipes. Aluminium. Yeah. Mm. We went in there. There was a key on the outside of the door, and I said to my mate, bring the key in with you. We do not want to get locked in here if there is someone in here. Because I was thinking at this stage... It's got to be a person taking taking a doing mickey. something, playing you know a prank yeah, exactly. or something. Yeah, and I'm paid to be here and make sure there's no one here doing anything they shouldn't be. So I I want to make sure, and I have my mate with me and he's tough. So <laughs> you know, so we went inside this room. My mate brought the key in with him. This is one thing that I've never heard in any ghost stories or anything before, but is something that I can honestly say was true and happened. Okay, the room was full of these aluminium pipes so they're shiny there was a light on in the room but it was dark it was as if something was absorbing all the light you could look at the light and you'd be blinking you know because it's bright in your eyes and yet there was no light in the room does that do you understand what i'm saying yeah so i had a six cell mag light torch on me at the time should have hit it with it well and i'm (laughs) i'm i'm looking for it so I've got my torch on in this room, even though it's dark. And my torch is making no effect whatsoever. I mean, you know, I can see the, the circle on the wall or, or the, the tubes, the, the pipes as it's hitting them, but it's not lighting the room up really in any way at all. All of a sudden, the light goes out and my torch light goes out at exactly the same time. Oh, fuck that. I'd have pissed my pants. So I said to my mate, I said, open the door, because knew, I knew the light was on in the hall. I said, open the door. And I heard him put the handle down and the door wouldn't open. So he's saying, it, it won't open. And I'm saying have you locked it and he's like no i've got the key in my other hand so i'm grabbing hold of the door now and i'm trying to open it it won't open i didn't hear him lock it all of a sudden i'm going with my torchlight trying to get my torchlight to go on he's going with the light switch trying to get the light switch going on we're both screaming like girls right we're both tugging at the door we couldn't get the door open all of a sudden my torchlight came on the light in the room came on and the door just gave way we were just able to open the door so we 
tipped the fuck out of that room again, went back into the that break room, and we sat there again and again trying to sort of like sort of collect ourselves. Are you sure you were smoking cigarettes? Then we heard a drill go off downstairs. A drill? Now, all of the... A drill. Because there was workmen originally down there, yeah. Right. But they'd all left. So I went downstairs, and the drill was behind a partition that they'd put in. They'd put this, like, wooden partition all the way up the one length of the shop. And they'd cut a doorway in this partition and stuck two hinges on it so that it was just a flappy door, but it stopped the bulk of the dust getting on the clothes in the shop. Yeah? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I could hear this drill going off behind this partition so me and my mate tried to open this partition and it it just wouldn't open there wasn't a lock on it it was just a bit it was just wood that had a hinge on it i mean there was nothing nothing stopping it there yeah the workers when they're in there and they're actually working in there put something against it like a little uh, battery pack you know or something to stop the door from opening but there was no lock mechanism on the door so i'm pushing the door trying to open it like the whole partition wall is like moving. I mean, it's, you know, it's a rickety thing. It's, it's, my point is, is there's no real substance to this thing. I should be able to open it. There was, it felt like there was someone stood against it. Yeah. So we're both trying to open this door. We couldn't. In the end, my mate says, stand back. And he kicks this door really hard. And the door flies open as if there's no one stood there. See, when are Bruce Lee on it? Yeah. There's <laughs> nothing in, behind this partition, there's nothing there. The guys had put all of their tools away because... If they're a decent workman, they tend to put their tools away because they want to be able to find them the next morning. So all the tools are in their toolboxes. All their drills are in their drill boxes, which are shut and locked and everything. There's there's nothing. And as soon as the door kicked open, the drill stopped. The sound of the drill stopped. So we were really, really freaked out about it. And I said to him, I just need to make sure there's no one down here. So <laughs> ridiculously again, and, and looking back on it now, it was a stupid thing to do. But I was looking around the shop and I saw this brass ring on the floor. So I picked it up and it's, it was a trap door in the floor down into the cellar. Right. So I said to, I said to my mate, I said, look, I've got a check down there. Will you sit with your legs in the hatch? I trusted him 100%, so I knew he wasn't going to lock me in there. But I said, can you sit with your legs in the hatch? So I knew nothing was going to put the thing back over. I mean, his legs would stop it. I would have told you to kiss my ass because if I'd have been the one swinging my legs over there and that door came down... Well, it wasn't on a hinge. It was an actual... You know, like a manhole cover. I don't know what you call them here, but we call them manhole covers. You know those things in the road that you see where they pick them up and then get down into the sewers? Yeah, manhole covers. Sewer covers, I think. Well, it was like that, but it had these two brass eyelets on them that you could put... So you put it down the side. So it was was away from him. It wasn't going to slam on his legs. But he was sat in this thing. So... I got down, it was like a little ladder. So I went down into this basement. Now, you had to walk in the basement with your, you know, sort of bent because I'm six foot five and it was probably about five and a half feet headroom in there. So I was bending over going through there. And it was only small and I I could make this sound bigger than it was. It was dark, you know, it was creepy, but nothing happened down there. But the only thing that was interesting is that in the... In the cellar, there was like a little half a pipe, if you like, like a little gully that went through the shop, the whole length of the shop, and out the other end into like the main street or under the main street, and it had water going through it. It was like a drain thing. And I can imagine that if if you'd have put something blocking it the other side, the whole of the cellar would have have filled filled up with water. So was was there water in it like while you were down there? Not not so that I was walking in it, but it was going through this gully. So it was obviously free-flowing. It stunk down there, I guess, because of all of the water and everything. But I found an old cigarette packet down there from, like, early 1900s, uh, which was really interesting. So I've still got that. 
cool. somewhere. But anyway, nothing happened down there. Came back up and I satisfied myself that there was no one in the shop. So we went back upstairs. Again, more coffee, more chilling, more bravado. Nothing else happened until about five o'clock in the morning. And at five o'clock in the morning, we started to hear a gramophone go in. A gramophone. Like an what, old wind-up gramophone record. Yeah? Yeah. And we could hear this woman... Sounded like an elderly woman singing to it. So we came out of the break room and we went down the corridor towards the stairs again and towards that windy tunnel, past the stock rooms, the ladies on the left, the men's on the, men's on the right. And as we approached the door of the women's stock room, we could hear it was coming from in there. And we put our ear against the door, both of us, and sort of like cupped our, put our finger in yeah. our other ear. And we could hear this old woman singing to this gramophone record just as if... You know, it was any living person stood the other side of a normal doorway. I can't remember the song, but it was an old-fashioned song, and she was just singing along to it, and she had quite a good voice. I mean, it was nothing to suggest anything. If you heard it again, would you recognise the song, do you think? Possibly, yeah, possibly. Anyway, we opened the door quickly. The music stopped. There wasn't the woman there, nothing. What was in that room? Women's clothes. It was a women's stock room on hangers. Yeah, so we... Waited until the other staff came in. Other staff came in at 7 o'clock in the morning. And I said to them, you wouldn't believe the kind of night we had. And this was a Sunday morning. And they were coming in to be in the shop while the workmen were in there because the shop was closed to the public at that time. I said to them, you wouldn't believe what happened last night. And they said, why, what are you, what, what happened? And they started to sort of smirk. And I said, well, I said, let's just say that we weren't alone. And I said, luckily, my mate was local, and he called in. I said, because I wouldn't have stayed. And they said, well, why don't you think we wouldn't stay? Why mm. do you think that we weren't going to lock up when these guys were going to be leaving? Because none of us wanted to be in the shop alone, even for even for a couple of minutes to lock up. And I said, well, what is it? What's... And they said, we don't know. All we know is that there's been usually women that have been grabbed, pushed, knocked down the stairs by an unseen thing they used to have shelves in the shop which were glass shelves they Mm. had to get rid of them because on occasions they would just explode for no reason and when i say explode they said that they were picking glass out of the polystyrene ceiling tiles it was it was that explosive and on one occasion there was a woman walking with a baby in a in a push chair and the when the shelf exploded it actually, rather than just dropping like a glass normally would with gravity, it flew out in uh, sideways, and a kid over the other side of the shop with a woman uh, pushing it in his pushchair, the glass actually embedded itself inside the ear canal of this child. That's how what? forceful this thing went into this kid's ear, and the kid had to go to the hospital to have it removed. They, they said that they, the trouble that they've had there is, is unbelievable. And let me tell you that I have never, ever set foot in that shop again and never will. I wonder what was there before. Like, I wonder what that building was Well, I can before. tell you the history of the place because afterwards, myself and my mate looked looked up as much as we could because he was there. I mean, if if it had just been me at the time and it had only happened to me, I don't. I think I would have had trouble convincing people. Do you I know what I mean? Been but like, because oh, he was, I must have fell asleep on duty and had this weird dream. Exactly. But he was there, and I just wish because the mobile phone I had at the time was like one of these bricks. The idea of a mobile phone having a camera on it or anything like that just didn't exist. And everything else that happened, other than seeing us kick the door open downstairs, wasn't caught on camera because the only cameras 
that were in the shop were on the shop floor and all you'd have seen is the workman leaving and me locking the door behind them, me letting my mate in, us going downstairs and trying to close on and then coming downstairs, kicking the kicking the thing open to find out where that drill was and then seeing me go down in the cellar. That's all you would have seen. So anything that actually happened was either behind the partition and therefore not seen or it was in the stock room upstairs, which wasn't seen, or it was in the stairwell where that thing came up the stairs towards us, or it was in the air conditioning room, which also didn't have cameras. I mean, the th- there was just no way to catch this on camera. Mm. It was just the most frightening thing. But anyway, like I said, what, hap- what the story of that place is, is there's actually the area of Newport, um, which is near to that, or which it leads on to, was an ancient burial ground, Roman burial ground. For real? For real. So it was a Roman burial ground, but... Behind the shop and up a hill is still a graveyard. Now, that water that was coming through the cellar is coming from that graveyard. Mm. And that's all I can think. Unless there was something that was in that that shop originally, I don't know. But I do know that the water, the way it was flowing, had to be coming through the graveyard. Mm. There was nothing else behind the shop. The shop's on a hill... And the graveyard's above it. That is really weird. So I reckon we're having some people soup coming down through that. I was uh, just thinking about <laughs> that. Yeah, some people soup coming down yeah. through the shop. So Previous podcast, y'all. <laughs> yeah. So that was my biggest and most crazy ever thing that's happened to me. And, and one of the reasons why I really wanted to do a podcast about other people's weird to stories. See, yeah, to see. Because it, it happens to people. And and. and I don't care who comes to me and says, well, I don't believe that, because you can kiss my ass. Yeah, I really don't care. You know. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. And that's why this podcast isn't going to be about criticising people and their stories. It's going to be about listening to them. And as far as I can, I'm going to believe what that person has to say. Because why lie? Because, yeah, exactly. These things do happen. Yeah. Inadvertently, we managed to put a podcast together that has an awful lot to do with eyes and seeing stuff and mm. kind of weird, isn't it? Mm. Okay, so I have a submission, um, and this person doesn't doesn't want to be identified, so okay, that's fair we'll enough. just leave it at that. Yeah, accept that. And he says, or she, we don't know, do we? Well, we do know. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time, the first place I've ever put these words to paper. I've never voiced them aloud. I probably never will. Just reading over this, however, and hovering over the send button, I know I probably sound like I've lost my mind. Full disclosure, I'm not exactly right in the head. I can't remember a time I ever was. Maybe when I was really young, and I'm talking single digits. But I'm not psychotic. When people say crazy, they usually mean a divorce from reality, hallucination, delusions, and the like. I've got mood issues, but I'm not crazy. Just wanted to make that abundantly clear. I'm going to talk about something called a strange face phenomenon. You can give it a try if you like. Get a mirror and set it up so there's dim lighting. I like firelight because my eyes are sensitive to anything brighter than incandescence. But any setup that keeps the glare and the light source itself out of eye shot should do. Sit in front of the mirror about arm's length away and relax. Stare at your face Keep your eyes as still as you can and wait. 
Now, before I go any further, let me tell you that this isn't some occult ritual. I know in certain circles, mirrors have some special significance. This is, to my knowledge, just a trick. Personally, I don't buy into the supernatural, and I never have. I'm familiar with the brain and how powerful it can be. I know it just so happens that faces, for what I hope are obvious reasons, are particularly important to our species, to the point that an entire section of the visual cortex, which is a massive chunk of higher-order brain function in itself, is dedicated to them. It also turns out that staring at your own face for any length of time will cause this part of your brain to wig out. Go on, try it if you're feeling adventurous. Don't be surprised if you see something disturbing, though. According to the literature on the matter, people report a range of visual hallucinations. It's like the eyes bleach out and start fucking with the facial features. Some report distortions, such as enlargement or melting, like your nose is gone walkabout. Others see their face replaced with another, known or unknown, or take on animalistic features to greater or lesser degrees. Interestingly, half or more of recorded participants reported seeing, and I'll quote this one, demonic or fantastic features. Like I said, don't be surprised if you see something weird. I'm having a hard time hammering this next bit out. From what I've been able to gather, these illusions are always centered on the viewer's face. The reflection itself appears to change. I've had a few of my friends give it a go, and their experiences all fall in line with the reports I've read. But the reason I've gotten all too familiar chill creeping up my spine is because my response was not like theirs. I've come here to ask you, if you end up trying this out for yourself, do you see anything else? I fall into the demonic and fantastic features category, but it usually doesn't last long. I've done this trick more than once, and it's always the same. My face seems to shift into something exaggerated with malice before it starts to blur and go dark altogether. But that isn't what has fear thrumming through my veins right now. It's the shape in my periphery, always standing behind me, and it's red, red eyes Why? yeah i probably wouldn't want to do it more than once so i think that this person is a glutton for punishment well but we did try it didn't we yes we did we tried this yesterday see what we go through for you guys because <laughs> we wanted to we wanted to do this little experiment ourselves to we're see we're like what test crash dummies <laughs> yeah crash being the op- operative word so what happened when you did it i i didn't see anything weird um other it just seemed like it wasn't me like it was somebody else that was looking at me and and they didn't look very happy like they were just like dead serious and it was it was strange feeling a strange sort of thing well what we did and i don't know if you guys want to try this at home yourselves we actually got the light from our mobile phones you know like the torch thing that you can do with the mobile phones stuck it on the floor behind us and we stood in front of a mirror in a darkened room so that we've only got a little bit of light that's directly behind us but it's from the floor up so that you you're not seeing the reflection in the mirror or anything just like they describe in that story there and we looked into the mirror now what i found was that i did see my face changing a little bit at one point my mouth started to smile and then went back down again but i wasn't smiling and mm. I was quite I was quite aware of the fact that I was totally po-faced, to be, if you like, yeah. just trying to stay totally still. And it kind of freaked me out a little bit when I saw my mouth start to smile, even though 
so so I definitely wasn't smiling because I was freaked out at that point. But then my face kind of got a bit wide, like a troll on Lord of the Rings or Shrek or something <laughs> without the ears. And then it kind of came back in and then I had... My face looked like a, a skull, if you like. But do you remember Alice Cooper had this black eye makeup that you used to put on and it used to be like... Um, how, how would you like elongated diamond if you like you went up across his yeah. eyes black so it was like a skull but with those that black makeup that went was that alice cooper or was that kiss it might have been kiss might have been kiss yeah so it's from sort of my cheeks to my forehead uh, this long stretched out diamond over both eyes but a skeleton face but there was nothing in the background That's i weird. would like to say nothing in the background whatsoever so it was just my face change so if you want to try that, guys, you can. Now, I wouldn't say there's anything, and I'm, and I'm not a medical professional, but I wouldn't say there's anything to be worried about in light of the report that Bella has found. There was actually a study done by vision scientist Giovanni Bigpudo in Italy, and he had a group of 50 people who he tested this out on to see what, what they would experience or what they would see and uh, so they were to sit in front of this mirror for 10 minutes after the 10 minutes was up he had everyone write what they saw he didn't didn't want them to talk he wanted them to write down what they experienced and there were several different categories if you like there were some participants said nothing happened and they just saw themselves Uh, then other people said that they saw their face became deformed and distorted and then others said that they saw people like they they saw people like their parents they started to see so like people they know some of the people that they saw were alive but some were deceased but they think oh right so it's like lost relatives yeah that that sort of thing um Some people saw themselves but old looking and some saw children themselves but younger and there were several who who saw like feline features or other animals, pigs, lions and then of course the ones who saw monsters and you know, that would be really things. shit, wouldn't it? If you think about it, because yeah, then you'd, you'd be like scared to look in the mirror after that. Wouldn't you? Well, be no. Like, if you looked in the mirror and you saw yourself as a pig, I mean, before you know it, you're going to be hung in France, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Previous podcast. If you want to be in on the jokes, you got to go back to the beginning. Yeah, isn't it? Uh, so, anyways, there were 50 participants in this study, and all of them said that they had a feeling of otherness like that it wasn't and that's kind of what I experienced that it was me but it wasn't me like it was somebody else that was looking at me so so there's a disconnect between the person and their reflection yeah I never felt that I never felt a disconnect whatsoever that's because you're just weird anyway so so did you say that everybody felt that according to Mm, the paper that he you know the paper that he wrote maybe though it was that i went into it knowing that you'd already told me that there was a scientific element to it so maybe that's why i didn't feel the disc i mean you didn't tell me you didn't tell me what the scientific element was yeah so now everybody is going to be like oh you ruined it for me no no yeah okay so you might not feel that disconnect but then at the same time you might not feel scared i mean i was looking at it quite interested to see what i would turn into i was speaking to a friend of mine on the phone and 
I told him that we were going to be doing this experiment. He said that he didn't know whether it'd be something that you'd see something related to maybe Chinese astrological signs, like if you were born in the year of the bull, for instance, that you would start to grow horns. He was interested to see what it might entail and whether you would see something that was based upon what you already knew about yourself. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Well, you can do some research in your, of your own and you can look up the Troxler. It's called Troxler Fading. How do you spell it? It's T-R-O-X-L-E-R. Okay. Fading. And, I know how to spell faded. Uh-huh. Funny fucker. Um, anyway... <laughs> You can you can you, you can get some further information. This is strangely linked to Charles Darwin's really? grandfather. Yeah, and uh, he actually wrote. He was a philosopher and a physician, mm-hmm. and and a grandfather. He d- <laughs> he described how if you stare at something for a long time, it would fade. And he said, on looking long on an area of scarlet silk of about an inch in diameter laid on white paper, the scarlet color becomes fainter till at length it entirely vanishes, though wow. the eye is still kept uniformly and steadily upon it. So so you can theoretically could stare at anything for long enough and it'll disappear. Hmm. Where are those bills? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Got a whole stack of them bad boys. Anyway, so you can... So then the Swiss philosopher... Uh, Troxler, he later corroborated it mm-hmm. and used apparently patches on a wall, colors on a, a, a wall. So on that report, it says neural adaptation, the mechanism by which neurons decrease or stop their response to unchanging stimulation, is thought to underlie perceptual fading during prolonged gazing at an object or a scene. So in other words, I guess it sounds like the neurons almost get bored uh, looking at something that's unchanging and then starts to maybe create images or play with them in some sort of way, adapt them in some sort of way to, I guess, stimulate. Well, maybe that's why that, um, going back to that one story where the two people saw the two different things, like the one saw the ball of light. You're good. You've just brought this right back to the start. I'm impressed. I know, I'm awesome. But anyway, I wonder if that, no, I mean, it wouldn't be exactly the same process, but I wonder if it is just about what you can or cannot perceive or how you perceive certain things. Well, that's what I said at the start. Yeah, I think it might be to do with perception. I don't think it was necessarily to do with that because this whole experiment that we've been talking about relies on you staring at something for a long period of time and they just saw it move from one area to the other. Like you said before, our experience, like we already knew what was going to happen, mm. but I suppose these these participants in the original study, right, they came into it cold. They didn't know what they were supposed to be doing. So, mm. so the people listening, you should maybe try it yourself just to see what you see, mm-hmm. but it would be even more interesting to get somebody that has no clue yeah, and, and see, see what they get. Yep. If you try this yourself, send it in to us and let us know how you got on. We don't have to say your name if you don't want us to. If you want us to, then that's fine as well. But let us know how you get on with that. Really be interested to find out. I just, I got one more thing to ask you before you go. You know that whole doll thing you were talking Wait, about? Wait, are you going too? Yeah, I'm going as well. Okay. That doll thing that you were talking about where it's eyes open. Yeah. Yeah? Did you get out your monster piss spray? <laughs> no, because I didn't think about that till I, till I was an adult. Uh, so you didn't get that off your memo or anything? No. All right. Well, I can't think of a good idea. Can I just say, you, you asked, you, you said you didn't know how those eyes work. I, I'll tell you. So the eyes are on a, a pivot. They've got like a pivot going through them. And there's a weight on the back of them. So when the baby stood up, the weight drops down and the eyes lift up. 
Okay. And then when you lay the doll down, so the weight falls to the back of the head and the eyes drop down again. Okay. So for that to open its eyes up in front of you, it's going against gravity. Do you know what I mean? That that weight would have had to have, in it, while it's laying down, that weight would have had to have lifted up mm-hmm. on both eyes to get those eyes open. Just just throwing that in there. That's you don't have to tell me it was scary. I can remember it. Yeah, it's pretty scary. Yeah. Are we done? You got anything else? No, no, I'm, no? I'm absolutely good. Yeah, I'm going to go All have right. some lovely dreams tonight. Yeah, before we go, I just want to say thank you to the Darwin family for not only teaching us about um, survival of the fittest, mm-hmm. yeah, but also for neural adaptation, although I'm sure that's not what he called it back then. No, he probably called it the ugly wife in the mirror thing. Nice. <laughs> no, I'm not saying you're ugly. I'm just saying really? his wife was ugly after she looked in the mirror. Anyway, I'm going because I'm going to get hurt. Yeah, I think we should go now. <laughs> yeah. Bye, y'all. Take it easy, guys. See you next week.